Hey guys, this is Dr. Ashley Dawson, and I'm super excited to share my journey with you and what it takes to build this startup from the ground up. I hope that my story adds value to your practice, career, and even your life. I also hope that you can learn from the successes and challenges because boy, will there be challenges ahead. So buckle up and join me on this journey. Are you ready for this season? Let's do this. What's up, Ashley? Hey, Michael. How's it going? This is, it's going great, by the way, but it, this is episode one. We're in it. We're, you, there's no turning back now. We're all going to be inside Dawson's life. This is it. I love it. I can't wait to share with everyone this journey, which has already been a little crazy, but I'm excited. Really quick. You can tell me like, Michael, that was stupid. Shut up or anything like that. Has anybody ever been like, oh man, Dawson's Creek or not? Oh yeah, for sure. When I say my last name, they're like, oh, like Dawson's Creek. I'm like, sure. If that's going to help you remember it. (laughs) Or I say Jack Dawson from Titanic. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I definitely refer to Dawson's Creek, you know, to help people remember or know how to spell it. (laughs) That kind of would have been something cool with to make that into a title or something. But then that's (laughs) not even, that wouldn't be you. That's something else. So never mind. And I've only seen it like two times. So I'm like, I don't know any characters in that show. So, <laughs> yeah, you don't even see them acting anymore, huh? No, they're probably all retired. Man, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, but awesome. <laughs> all righty. So this is going to be episode one and we're going to talk about the vision of your practice. We're going to get in the ins and outs. But before that, when did this like vision start for you of your practice of owning a practice, making a startup? I would say really going back to like when I originally wanted to become a dentist, like that's kind of what I pictured. You know, I didn't really picture like being a dentist as an associate. It was like, oh, like I get to be a dentist and be my own boss, you know, be a practice owner, be a business owner and really just do whatever I want to do as a dentist. So that's been like since day one. I don't think I realized it at the time, but um, that's always really been, I think the vision. Yeah. So like at what age would you say that started? Uh, Ninth grade of high school. What are you like 14? I just know that you're eight in third grade. That's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why do you know that? Because that was my favorite year my whole life. Like it was my first birthday party. My teacher's name was Mrs. Giles. Her room smelled like vanilla. I don't know. That was just a great year. And eight's my favorite number anyway. (laughs) Whoa. Why do you think you remember all that? Like the, the way it smelled and everything like that? Yeah, I don't know. I just had so much fun. It's like when I was just really getting into gymnastics, like I was starting to get more friends in school. It was just, you know, a highlight. I used to like the boy two streets down the road. I don't know. It was just so, so vivid. I just had so many great memories in that one year. So. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. That's really, really cool. And then so in ninth grade, which is, you know, you're still young, you're like entering your teenage years, you kind of think about like, okay, I think in ninth grade, I was like, I'm going to be an astronaut. And then now I'm like, yeah, right. But, you know, you said you wanted to be a dentist and do your own startup. Yeah, because I um, shadowed a family friend. My dad had connected us together and and she was like a younger female dentist and her boss was a um, older female dentist. So they, you know, it was two females in a, a dental practice. And when you see someone really that looks like you and that's a woman that's doing the things that you want to do you're like oh I can totally do this too and 
you know, create this life that I want, want to have. And I know we'll probably get into more details, but, you know, I struggled growing up financially and, it, you know, it was a hard time. So it was kind of like, I got to step out of my life at that moment and just kind of like be in what could be in my future, you know, just get like a little sneak peek of like what I could potentially have as a female dentist. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that. Talk to me about the struggle from that moment on. Yeah. So um, maybe I'm like going back to like being eight years old in third grade, like, you know, that's my uh, parents growing up. They um, had a great family life, like did gymnastics and everything. But then of course, you know, sometimes parents start to disagree about things and, you know, you have some, some arguments and eventually like my parents got divorced when I was um, in eighth grade. So um, after that point, I had to decide who I wanted to live with um, at that point. So I decided to live with my mom just because she's a female and she kind of struggled a little bit more financially. And so when we moved in together, it was just kind of one thing after another. We had a difficult time like paying our bills. Um, we got evicted multiple times. Um, you know, I had like my stuff in my car at one point, just staying with my friend, uh, not really having like a, a home to go to. And my mom, you know, would just kind of stay wherever. Um, and, you know, we even had like our water cut off, our electricity, our heat, sleeping on the floor. We even, I remember we had to like boil water, like just to like, take a bath basically. And, really? I was, and we were eating like peanut butter crackers. Like it was, it was rough in high school. Um, but I appreciate like my mom always worked like three, sometimes four jobs, you know, doing a paper route in the morning. I would go with her to roll up some papers, put it in the Astro van. We ride around the neighborhoods, throwing papers. Yeah. And then she'd go to her morning job as like a receptionist, you know, at a construction company. And then she would have a cleaning business that so she would clean at night. And then, you know, just kind of pick up other jobs kind of here and there. So she's always, and she still is always grinding and working hard. So that was always what I saw. Um, you know, as a child growing up is, is that grind. The grind, working hard. And you were in gymnastics. So like you kind of were already being, I guess, molded, right? To like a routine Yeah, to stick to oh, it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I had, I had amazing coaches, like from when I was young, all the way through college with gymnastics, competitive cheerleading, um, and just learned a lot of life skills and, you know, how to manage and how to deal with challenges and not being too hard on yourself, having fun at the same time, but like, you know, really running towards those challenges because that's really what is going to develop you and help you grow and not to be afraid of it. Yeah. I have a question. How old were you when you had to decide, okay, is it, am I going to go with mom or dad? Um, eighth grade. So probably like around like 12-ish, 12, 13-ish. So eighth grade was the best year for you. Third grade. Oh, I'm sorry. Third grade. Third grade. I'm getting <laughs> confused. Eighth, I know, eight years old. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. 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 Ooh, but then that's your favorite number. Anyway. So, yeah. okay. So you decided to go, you're the only child. Ooh. So yes. Quick side note. So yes, I, I grew up as an only child, but I actually do have some young siblings who, uh, my little sister actually just turned three today. And oh. I have a little brother who's like, five I'm so bad with numbers like I, yeah I think five will be six this year but growing up right right now growing up yeah growing up only you, child, you, only child. Mm -hmm. and so that, that was your time to to pick for mom you said you decided to live with your mom because she's a female and 
then struggles more. So did you go with her because of, I mean, I would assume like some, wouldn't you want like an easier life or not? Yeah. Or I don't know. I felt like she needed more. And, you know, I'm totally generalizing female, so I probably should not do that. But my mom, her, just what she needed, she needed, I think, more emotional support. Mm-hmm. And she's more so like, she doesn't have to have someone around, but she, she really, I think benefits more from like being around. And I think that helps her work harder is like seeing it's like, okay, I have my daughter here. You know, I got to make this happen. I think it kind of gives her more, you know, more of a driving factor. So just, I knew that like, she just needed a little bit more support. So I wanted it to be that support. And I did not mind like going through the challenges and the struggles together. Um, because I didn't want her to leave, you know, leave her alone with, with those struggles. Like no one wants to struggle by themselves. So I figured it's like, you know what, we'll just do this together. It's going to be rough, but we'll figure, we'll figure it out. And we did. It kind of sounds like you kind of had to almost be the parent a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you had yeah. to grow the heck up. Like it wasn't any more like, uh, you know, just, hey, let me play outside till the streetlights come on. I'm not having to worry about anything but homework. You know what I mean? It's more like. Right. We got responsibilities. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it's more like you had to make like the ultimate decision. And then at the same time, you had to tell yourself like, okay, I'm going with this person because they need more support. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's right. Have you ever thought, stop to think about that and been like, oh, I needed the support, but whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that again, with gymnastics, like they like teach you to be, well, my coaches at least teach you to be like tough, tough as nails. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta push through, you gotta be tough. You can't make excuses. And like my mom, she's always been tough. Like she did track and field, like she ran hurdles. Like she's, she's on sports, you know, but, but sometimes she can be sometimes a little hard headed and we live and we learn, but, um, I just, you know, I just didn't want I don't know. I just didn't want her to struggle like mentally. Like that's hard to like know that you're going through like hard financial times. So I just think it's always just better to just do things together. Yeah, no, I mean like, isn't there a saying like misery loves company? Like, don't you want to have like a little bit of (laughs) like, I know it's like in a different situation or scenario right now, but I mean like in the sense of like, oh man, like I'm not in it alone. Exactly. Yep. I mean, but it's true. It's, the bottom line is that, you know, you, it's nice to, to have people go through it. And I think that's just like anything in general. It's like dental school, like misery loves company. Like you want to see that your classmates are also studying at three 30 in the morning when you're tired and sleep deprived. Yeah. You know? it's like, and, okay. It makes it a little bit better. <laughs> and that's why like, I'm super happy. Uh, you know what I mean? We created this and like, we're able to document you because we're kind of, I'm, I'm, I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, everybody's killing it. There's sunshine and rainbows all the time. They're making a million in like the first year, but we don't see like all the other people who are like, dang, I haven't broken even yet. And it's been, it's been like right. over a year, you know, and, and things like that. And the struggles, cause everybody's going through struggles. I mean, exactly. So yeah. that's, and it's okay. okay. You know, like, I feel like, especially with like Instagram, of course, everyone wants to always paint like the best picture, but like, it's okay to like share your struggles. And that's why like, I love my group of friends because we talk about the great things. We also talked about like the challenging things because I mean, you're going to learn more from your mistakes than you are your successes. Um, and so I think that people, you know, like don't forget about the, the mistakes and the struggles 
because that's really what goes into, you know, you really developing and, and being your best self and your best clinician. You don't learn a lot from like a hundred implants that you place. You learn about that one that fails. Like, okay, what do I, what did I do wrong? And that's, I think the take that I have on everything in life. So like, you know, just knowing that it's okay to struggle. Like don't, don't feel bad. We all yeah. have been there. How would you say you handle struggles then? Like when you were going through those hard times in high school, because high school is rough, right? Like I'm sure we kind of all been there. People make fun of you. There's bullies, all these things. Was that ever happening to you or no? Um, to be honest, not really. Because I, um, I did gymnastics. I was on the cheerleading squad. So we had our like competitive cheer. We like won state multiple times. So we had a lot of people that um, really like loved, loved our team and everything. Um, but I always like tried to make an effort to like talk to everybody and not, you know, cause it is, it is hard. And I, I'm such an includer. Like I hate when I see like go into a new classroom and you see like, you know, everyone just kind of the, your click is over here. And then you have the one person that's sitting by themselves in the corner and not talking to anyone. Like I will go over there and be like, Hey, how's it going? Like, I don't, I hate people feeling alone. Why is For that? Me, like, why, why do you feel that way? I don't know. It's just like a, a share. Like, I guess maybe like. Uh, maybe like in middle school, I felt that way because I, we had moved when I was in sixth grade to like a new school and I didn't like that new school. So I actually like made my parents take me back to my middle school. And so for two and a half years, they like would drive me to school out of district because I like didn't get along with anyone. And I just felt like by myself. And then I went back to that school district, like the other half of eighth grade. And then in high school, went to that same district, which was Duluth High School. Um, But I think that maybe in that moment, I felt bad. Like, you know, I I felt alone. And then when I see other people feel alone, I feel that shared sadness. And I hated that feeling. And so I never want anyone to feel. And going back to my mom, like maybe that's one reason why I went with her is because I didn't want her to feel lonely. You know, yeah. it's so sad to feel lonely. And I hate that for anybody. But your dad wasn't lonely? No, he was always like, he can always make friends. He's hanging out with his guys. You know, he yeah. meets people very easily. Like he goes out, he connects and he has a lot of like, you know, older friends. My mom had, you know, her sisters were in South Carolina and her best friend was like a little bit further away. So she wasn't as close. and again, with working all the time, like you don't have time really to, to see anyone. Yeah. And, you know, my dad worked more, you know, normal hours and have to work weekends or whatnot. So I think that he had a little bit more flexibility, you know, with the schedule so he could see more people, see more of his family. But my mom just really had me to come home to. And, and if you're working three jobs and you have to come home to your, like just yourself, like, I feel like that's so lonely. Yeah, that one experience in middle school that you had has kind of like maybe subconsciously molded a lot of your decisions because you're right. Mm-hmm. Like when you're sitting by yourself and you're not talking to anybody, you're kind of vulnerable, right? You're mm-hmm. vulnerable because you're shy or maybe you're nervous, you're something, right? And one of those feelings. So when you see that, you hate people who are not hate people, but like you hate seeing people who are, I guess, in vulnerable positions alone. Right. Correct. Ah, okay. This, this now we're getting more into the vision of why you started your practice. So then fast forward now to the practice, 
to your startup, uh, to becoming a dentist, why did you pick the location that you're in? Why did you decide to even do this startup instead of like, oh, we're just going to open a practice and, you know what I mean, transition mm-hmm. into it? Um, so as far as the location, I you know, I'm new to the Charlotte area, so we are really moving here um, because my husband got a job offer. So I didn't know anything about Charlotte. So it took me some time to like really drive around. Like I drove from Chapel Hill, which is like two hours, maybe like on three separate occasions just to drive around Charlotte and just try to get a good feel for the area. Now, my friend, I used to practice with her in Binghamton. Um, she actually has a startup practice down the street from where I'm going to open. So it actually is funny that we ended up right down the street from each other. And so when I drove around to like help her like move like a couple things to her practice, I was like, oh, this is like such a cute little part of town. It's just outside the city. You can easily get to like uptown Charlotte. But it was like a little bit of farmland, a little bit of houses and neighborhoods, um, you know, growing every which way you turn, there's a new neighborhood. So I was like, it's such a friendly community and like everyone just, you know, it's such a family oriented place and growing rapidly. I didn't want to be like in the city itself because I feel like it's more of a revolving door with patients because there's people constantly moving in and out. So if you think about your marketing, like, you know, you're having to remarket to people as they move out of the city, you know, you lose patients. Now you have to gain Whereas I'm going to be in more of like family. So people tend to stay a little bit longer and grow in that area and grow with the practice, you know, and I'm in a retail space. So I have great visibility. I'm in between like a a pretty busy roundabout uh, main road. We have about like 22,000 cars a day that pass on that main road. Um, You know, a lot of visibility there. And uh, actually this morning I, I walked around the shopping center and introduced myself to my neighbors, but Everyone's just so welcoming and like, oh, welcome to the area. We saw your building. We're super excited that you're here. And it's just like, it's just a great, strong community. Yeah. How does doing a startup make you feel in the sense of like, I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of, you know what I mean? Some people are like, I have my own business. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Or like maybe mm-hmm. your mom's like, oh my gosh, like, sweetie, you have your, you know what I mean? Like, you, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, you're a doctor. And how does that, how does it make you feel? Or is that like subconsciously, do you feel like you do it a little bit because not do it this for this reason, but like, you're like, man, mom's going to be proud. Dad's going to be proud. Oh yeah. Like I definitely like want to make my mom proud. Again, she's just worked her freaking butt off like her whole life and still is working really hard. So I would love to just be like, okay, we made it. You know, like I did this for us. Yes. Yeah, is our shared success. She's sacrificed so much to give me the things that, you know, I wanted throughout my life, even if it meant that she had to take on an extra job for me to do it, um, you know, for me to have a car to like go to practice and stuff. But uh, definitely one of the driving factors as far as having my own practice, my own startup, obviously right now I'm super stressed, but, but the goal is that you know, it's nice to know that you built something on your own. Like for me in acquisition, it's like, I'm taking someone else's vision and I'm trying to tweak it. It's so nice to be able to go in. Like, this is exactly how I want it. Like I am creating jobs for these people. Like I've created an opportunity. Like these people are working for the practice because I had this idea and this vision and I'm helping this patient because of 
the things and the goals that I thought about. So it's kind of cool to like, kind of see it coming together. It's like, oh, like this is literally here because of, you know, some ideas that I had. Yeah. From one to 10 though, how scared are you from all of this? Um, So I I know I had mentioned before, like, this is all that I've wanted my whole life. Like I have all these cutouts from magazines and tear out articles. Like, you know, I've been preparing for this, listening to leadership podcasts, listening to everything. And now that like, it's about to happen, I'm like, oh, bleep, you know, (laughs) I'm like, oh crap, like this this is happening. So I definitely, I think I'm, I think I'm like maybe like a seven on the scared R. (laughs) Scared R. Why? (laughs) Why do you, why are you biggest concerns? Like, what would you say are your biggest concerns that you feel nobody really ever mentioned to you, talked to you about or anything like that? I think the budget has been kind of scaring me. Like, I mean, I had a budget, but there's so many things that was missed or like not really fully explained. And you kind of like figure it out as you go, like, you know, last minute, like, I'm like, crap, like I didn't have my hand pieces or like some of my instruments on my budget list. And like now that's like thousands of dollars that was, you know, not taken, you know, into account for. And now I'm like, crap. Okay. So I got to figure that out or my signage. So I have like glass windows and my front desk comes up to some of those windows in the break rooms and one of the other windows. Well, I don't want people peeking in. So I need some vinyl covering that's going to cover that to make sure no one can see behind the front desk, make sure that like, you know, the break room's not open. Also my lab, you can see that from like the glass from, from outside. So I'm like, now I got to squeeze that into the budget. There's like little things. I'm like, all right, like there's a lot of things getting squeezed in here. Like I (laughs) probably, (laughs) yeah, you know, like, but you don't know about these things until they come up. So just really having, you know, thank goodness I have like a good buffer, but I'm like, oh crap, like we are I do not want to eat into my working capital because, you know. That's your working capital. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and you need to the market and find patients. You can have this beautiful office, but if you don't have any patients, then, all right, well, what is that? What is it all for? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And we'll talk about that in episode two of the financials and everything like that. But yeah, for sure. Right now, how do you envision the practice? Right now, just for everybody listening right now, the name of your practice is what? Dawson Modern Dentistry. And it's scheduled to be open when? Hopefully getting the CO, which is Certificate of Occupancy, next Wednesday. Going to do two weeks of training with my team and then hopefully see the first patient on Monday, July 12th. Dang. So you're like pedal exactly. to the metal. Like it's, it's, you have five minutes to freak out and then you got to get back into it. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Which is okay. Like, you know what I mean? The more you freak out, yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing, a good thing yeah. for, for anybody. But so then what type of patients do you want to have? Well, how do you envision this practice? Let's just say five years from now, you see it. Yeah. So, I mean, thank goodness I've had multiple associate positions. So I've been able to see really a diverse group of patients and types of practices. Um, So I think that like for me, I would really love to eventually be fee for service but with fee-for-service, you know, with higher end, you know, people are going to be paying cash. You know, obviously the expectation level is going to be up there too. And sometimes those can be a little bit more of like the challenging patients to please. So I'm going to just kind of see how it goes. I think ultimately I would love fee-for-service, but I'm okay with being a network with some PPO. Like right now I'm going to be networked with just four plans because I didn't want to do every plan under the sun and have to drop them just to kind of see, see how it goes to see if, 
what that mixture will look like. I love like like middle age, like older older patients that have a little bit of extra, you know, they're about to retire. Um, you know, insurance isn't really a super big deal because they didn't, they're not going to have an employer to provide the insurance. So that way, hopefully they can do more of like a membership plan and, you know, they have like dental needs and hopefully we'll have a little bit more, you know, extra income and discretionary um, monies to be able to provide or to be able to pay for, you know, refresh your smile, maybe eventually do like some full mouth rehabilitation, but just you know, have like a broken tooth or somewhere and now you need a crown, like, but you have the funds to be able to pay for that and maybe join the membership plan. That way we have some recurring revenue each month that's coming in regardless, I think would be nice. Yeah. Rewind a little bit. Do you feel like you won't meet expectations from the patients? I feel like I can meet most of the expectations, but there are some patients where they have unrealistic expectations like no one's going to, you know, like they're just not going to be happy and they, they expect their tooth or things to be the exact same as it was when they had teeth or, you know, their natural teeth. And, you know, that's just not what it's going to be ever. You know, if you, you need a crime, you have a broken tooth and yeah, like we'll take photos, make sure we're working well at the lab, you know, great impressions, but sometimes it's hard to create that outcome where in their head they think that's going to be one thing and you're providing a great you know it's it's functional it's aesthetic you think it looks great but in their eyes you know they're seeing something completely different that you might not even be seeing so I think that that sometimes they can just be misaligned with what they're seeing and what you're seeing and being able to deliver on that and again just really getting to know your patients and having an understanding because those can be some red flags. It's like, you know what? I appreciate you sharing that, that vision with me with what you want. Unfortunately, I don't think I'll be the one that can fulfill that for you. So instead of diving into trying to do, you know, all these veneers or whatnot, like, let me recommend you go to a specialist and they may be able to have some tools to, to better address what your concerns are. Yeah, that's good. That's good that you've already kind of like, I mean, don't think like you're not going to meet a lot of people's expectations because then you're, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You're, you're going to operate right. that way. But like at the right. same time, I would say like, it's good that you already have like a protocol for that mentally. You know what I mean? Just got to write it down. Yeah. No, yeah. I know that I'll, I'll do great for a lot of patients. Like I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm such a CE junkie. I am trying to get my fellowship in the Academy of General Dentistry, my FAGD. So I like, I do tons of courses. I can feel very, very confident in my work and I'm, constantly growing but again just being able to recognize those patients where it's like you know what it's better to take a pass than to be married to a headache because those are the patients that will take up the most of your chair time or like post-ops you know they're like oh can you just smooth this off a little more or shorten this a little bit and it's just like you know what yeah <laughs> we've done this 10 times mrs jones <laughs> yeah you know no, that's true that's true I, I, I remember in one of the interviews i had they said to always keep account, like when you're quoting them a price, like the post-op checks and who the patient is, right? Because if you feel yeah. like, oh my gosh, you're going to come here 10 times, like that would mm-hmm. suck to do 10 times like free work. You know what I mean? Right. So exactly. Yeah. Take it all in. I get you. I get you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the type of patients you see yourself within five years, right? Hopefully fee for service, yeah. but if not like, you know what I mean? Middle-aged, good patients, good patients. Yeah. And so fast forward to 10 years, looking at your life. Or just looking at your life in general from like a bird's eye view, do you plan to have more than one practice? 
I think the goal is to have at least two, maybe three. Um, I mean, I love, I love clinical dentistry, but I don't want to do it five days a week. And I, you know, it's important for me to have a good, um, they always say like, be careful saying work-life balance. So, cause there's going to be something, you know, it's a compromise. So I just want to have like be um, mindful of, you know, giving time to my, you know, family at home, but then also be mindful of you know, giving the time and the efforts into the practice as well. So I would love to do, have like maybe two practices. Um, and I, this is a side note. So mm -hmm. my color of the walls, which is such a minuscule issue, like I didn't realize that the color that was given to my contractor was a different paint wall color. So it's actually a little bit of a darker gray. So like, you know what, this will be motivation for me to open a second office and then I can do it exactly. I can kind of do it over again, do it exactly, yeah. you know, like pay more attention to the design aspect because I love my office. I think it looks great, but there are like little things I'm like, oh crap, that's like a little darker. Or, why, why, don't why don't you tell them to change it? Um, I could have, but I've been back and forth. I think I've told you I was like moving from Chapel Hill and they had already painted everything and I was like I don't want to like be held up with like opening my practice on time if it's going to make me you know, they're going to have to go in and like repaint every you know all the ops so I was like, you know what compromise I'm just going to get this wallpaper to just be as like an accent wall like where the tv is going to go at the six o'clock position so he's going to put that in I was like you know what compromise lighten it up a little bit you know it's like a white and a gray so it'll kind of blend in well and then it is what it is. It's, you know, I have to pick my battles. Um, yeah. I'm like, you know what, this will be motivation. So for my second office, <laughs> I can just kind of tweak it just a little bit. Yeah, I get you. Really quick, yeah. what is your what does your husband do? Because you moved there for your husband's job, right? Yeah, so he just finished business school and um, at UNC. And he's going to be working at Bank of America um, in like the leverage finance department. So he'll be doing investment banking. Basically, he's gonna be working probably like eighty hours a week. But yeah, so he's he's really excited though for this for this new chapter. He's switching careers. Um, he used to work uh, at KPMG, one of the big uh, big four auditing firms in New York City, oh, wow. and uh, decided to go back to school. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, because you were saying like how you know the vision bird's eye view in your life is not to like work a whole lot, right? You want to spend time with right. your family and things like that. So yeah. I was just kind of like trying to see engage like where yeah. maybe two days clinical like the like maybe two days clinical three days working on the practice practice or practices um it would be i guess i have to see where i'm at in 10 years but it would be nice to build it up in such a way that if i did want to go ahead and sell it for whatever reason i have that there you know i'm building the practice in such a way that you know is intentional it's like okay if i wanted to sell it like, would it be pretty close to being ready to sell? Because I feel like some people, when they do want to sell it, they have no idea what their numbers are. They have no idea the value of it, uh, what your overhead is. Sometimes it's a little tricky to figure out or like your EBITDA. I know that like Dr. Mark Costas talks a lot about like the EBITDA and just understanding that so that, you know, if I did want that as an option, then at least I understand what those numbers look like. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I like that a lot. And yeah, I agree. I agree. Like you kind of have to understand everything. And, and right now you're like in a startup phase, obviously. Right. So mm -hmm. you're going to be like working a ton 
And mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of always thought of like, you know, how people talk about work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we kind of chase that all the time, mm-hmm. we're going to look back and be like, all I was doing was chasing that all the time, you know? Right. But right. if we're like, hey, man, life is about seasons mm-hmm. and some seasons I'm going to work my butt off. But if I look back and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this season has lasted four years, then something's mm-hmm. wrong. Right. But if right. it's lasted like less than a year or something, you know what I mean? Just everybody's different. But yeah. there's going to be seasons where you're like doing amazing. You're going great, doing all these things. Then COVID is going to happen. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I got to figure something out. I got to work harder, you know? So, right, exactly. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think right now is like a a season for you where you're like, I got to work really, really, or just put what I got into it, you know what I mean? To make right, sure. you got to hustle, you got to make this dream become a reality and put the work in so that now, so that later down the road, you know, it'll hopefully become a little easier, easier over time. That's, yeah. you know, th- that's the hope so that you can do free up some time to do other things. And, you know, you have to enjoy life. It's not all about work constantly, but you do need to put some work in though. You know, you can't be too lazy just hanging out. Yeah. How many, let me, I'm going to ask you from, I guess, eighth grade and on for you, it seems to me like you've been kind of in a really long season of hustling, you know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. and, and trying to push it, push it, struggle, uh, push through the struggles and hustling. Do you feel like, man, I don't think I've ever had a season of just like sit back, relax and and enjoy the like fruits of labor or anything? Yeah, um, I feel like, I don't know. It's always like with my, with the hustle, it's always been something fun at the same time. Like, like in high school, like we were struggling, I was eating peanut butter, but like my cheer team won state and, you know, I broke my school record and track for hurdles, you know, it was like with the bad and the struggle, like I had a lot of amazing things also happening. Same thing with college. Like it was, you know, I had an amazing team, like, you know, money was obviously tight. Like my dad would transfer money to me sometimes to help pay for my rent. I coached gymnastics at the time as, as, you know, when I was in Oregon, as well as being an athletic, but it's like, I am so grateful. I am a D1 student athlete at the University of Oregon. I get free Nike. Like, this is <laughs> Do you awesome. get free Nike? What? No, Nike, my shoes had my name stitched in them. I'm like, this wow. is amazing. I get to run and do, yeah, I have to run the whole stadium, but it's at Austin <laughs> Stadium in Oregon. Like this is, you know, yeah. same with like dental school. Like we hustle, like my, my friend, shout out to her, Melissa Torres. She's also going through the process of a startup, but like, you know, lots of late nights staying up, but, but we had so much fun together. And then at the end you get to graduate dental school. And like, that's what you've been wanting for so long. So it was a lot of ups and downs, a lot of roller coasters. But I think for me, I just do it. You know, I'm just like, oh, this is what I have to do. All right, cool, whatever. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Okay. Okay. So then let's talk a little bit more about the practice and the vision right now. How many operatories are you going to have? Um, so it's plumbed for six, but I'm going to just start with three. Okay. And then how do you, I know you talked a little bit about the color. It's gray. So like, talk to us about the color, the brand, what, what businesses motivated you to like, you know what I mean? Design your studio or your practice the way it is, things like that. Yeah. 
So, um, so I actually, for my branding, I'll give her a plug. Um, Lauren Edvilson, she's in California, uh, Edvilson Marketing. So she helped me with like getting my like color palette, my, you know, the fonts, my patterns, you know, the name. I originally did not want my name in, in the name of the practice. But after I was thinking about it, I was like, you know what? Like Dawson is a pretty cool last name. Like, let me just embrace it and, you know, just do Dawson. And I've always wanted to have some kind of modern dentistry in the name. So it was like, perfect. She recommended Dawson Modern Dentistry. And I said, perfect. You know, like that's, that's the name. Um, so I wanted like something modern, clean, uh, not too, too busy with the patterns, just like pretty simple. So the color, I really wanted it more of like a off-white and black chairs, like the lighter wood flooring. But now, now I have the gray because I want it like more of like a warmer feel to it. But I think there's going to be like a couple elements that I'm just going to kind of work with to try to make the space a little bit warmer with the gray. Because I feel like gray is not really like a, it's not a warm color, right? Would you agree? Um, yeah, I guess not. You're, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Like I never look at, if it's super dark gray, I'm like, no, right. But if it's right. uh, super light gray, where it's like kind of white grayish, I guess. Mm -hmm. it could, I guess it just depends on the lighting you have. You know what I mean? You can put lighting yeah. and make it make it nice looking. Right. So is this? But this is the colors you wanted, right? Yeah, this is the color I wanted, but I didn't realize that. Like I thought that that gray was honestly going to be like more so like in um, one of the bathrooms or like in the um, like in the hallway or whatnot. And I totally overlooked this. So this is what my designer gave to my contractor. But I realized that it had that gray in there for the operatories. So that was my fault. That's what I was like, I'm not going to make these people paint all this. Like, that was my fault. So I was like, you know what? We're going to just modify. We're going to pivot. We're going to do something different. I can just kind of add to it. It's not the end of the world. It mm -hmm. still looks great, but definitely wasn't what I had pictured. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, you know, it'll be doable. And I, I think honestly, like patients, most of them don't care about the color, you know, as long as it's not like, I don't know, like, like you said, like, I don't know, maybe they, they might like dark, like some, some offices look beautiful. They have like more of like a darker, like spa feel. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I probably care more than anybody else. So at that point, I think just, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get you. Okay. So then to you, what brands would you say? insanely influenced your decision like that motivated you or actually just what brands motivate you right now where you're like I, I want to be like that um just general brands yeah um, general brands. I, I love Nike of course because I went there and <laughs> I love how it's simple um like when you look at it you know you're gonna get quality you know um Ritz Carlton they have a great book I forget um the standard something it's a Ritz Carlton book I love their brand too. You know that they're going to go above and beyond to make sure that they have a great customer experience. Yeah. Um, also Nordstrom. I want it to be like the Nordstrom of dentistry as well. I feel like they always have like these personal touches and um, you have like these stories of these Nordstrom team members that will, you know, get a call from someone that, you know, just got in town, maybe lost their bag. Like they get them like the things that they need and then they like get it delivered to them. You know, they, they do these like little things to make people feel special. And like, I think overall, those are kind of like the main brands that inspire me. Nordstrom does that? If you lose a bag, they... Yeah, like they have some stories. There's a, a book called The Nordstrom Way. 
And this is the clothing they, store? Yeah, the clothing store. What? I yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. So they like, you know, if you um, read the book, I do a lot of audiobooks. Like they talk about a lot of these like stories of just like these Nordstrom um employees that go over over the top and you know and it comes from like the owners like the Nordstrom's and you know really just setting the pace for what type of business you want to be like what's going to be your impact and you know it trickles down from the top and I think they take great care of their customers as well and they're I think pretty pretty um picky of who they they hire um, but they do great with training as well. Like they, I think they just care a lot and they do these little things. I don't know if they do it all the time. So like, you know, don't quote me if like you lose your bag going to you know, <laughs> California or whatever, yeah. Montana, do it, but, but they do have some stories out there. Gotcha, gotcha. That's cool. Um, as, as far as dentistry though, I love Grand Street Dental. I don't know if you've heard of her, um, Dr. Jennifer Plotnick. Have you, have you heard of her at all? No. Is she, she on Instagram? She, I was just going to say, you need to check out her Instagram. It is awesome. Dental. Okay. I'll look, I'll yeah. look into it. Yeah. Grand Street Dental. She's in Brooklyn. Super fun. Like, I just love how she interacts like with her, you know, Instagram or Facebook live. Her photos are gorgeous. Like, especially like when she first opened, like really fun, colorful photos, um, you know, with some different advice in there, but she's, she's got a beautiful, beautiful office as well. And fun. It looks like a really fun team. I've actually just met her once at a course. Um, and she's just a great human being. Um, so her, and then I love Ashley Hovez as well. She's got an awesome office, super mm-hmm. fun and bubbly. I'm trying to like kind of scroll through my Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have I'm like a- my visual page. I have like a one note with all like a zillion tabs of like, my vision. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at uh Grand Street Dental. It looks cool. It's cool. Like a cool office. Yeah. Like Jeffrey, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. Okay. No, that's yeah, awesome. He's awesome. But yeah, I feel like those are like kind of my main, main inspirations in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. And then what are, what's the colors of your brand? Um, so definitely like a black off white, like a tan, um, just like a lot of neutral colors. I even have like a green, like a, not an arm, I guess kind of like an army green mm-hmm. as well. Okay. So like 10, because on your logo, uh, Dawson, right? I can, I mm-hmm. can see the Nordstrom in there, like a little bit of influence for me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I like I no, I mean, it. I think Lauren, she did a great job, but, but yeah, it's like uh, black, tan, army green. And I think I have like, not a peach, but. I don't know the name of it. Yeah. Like a, I know, like a, well, people can see it in the, in the show notes, Yeah, but it's Mm -hmm. like a thing. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah. So then how do you want a patient to feel when they walk into your practice? Um, I want them to feel like they're not in a typical dental office and that it's like a, a fresh, a new fresh space that smells clean, not like pine salt clean, but like, you know, fresh, you know, fresh space and to have some fun, like abstract artwork to look at in the hallway and, and, and feel like they're going to just, you know, like it's a family feel and that they're going to be well taken care of. And that again, it's not like your creepy dental office where you're like, Ooh, you know, you have like the, 
the furniture that feels like a typical doctor office, but like, oh, this feels like this could be like in my friend's living room, you know? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So like a chill, kind of like a chill vibe. Yeah. Chill, what, relaxed area. With you, how do you want to feel when you walk into your practice? If you can think of like how it makes you feel in the future, right? When it's open and everything like that. How do you want to feel? Um, I obviously want to feel like proud of the space, you know, like, oh, wow, it's clean. It's modern. The team, I can tell, wants to be there and they love their workspace and their workplace. And I just want to feel like it's kind of light and airy. You know, it's like, it, I, obviously, I'm going to have like some stressful days, but I wanted to feel like there's like good natural light in there and that it's not going to feel like the walls are caving in on me, but it's like airy. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, how do you want to feel? It's like, you know how you've been traveling, right? Like, let's just say you've been traveling mm-hmm. a ton and you go to all these places and you're like, that was the best. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. But there's a little part of it. I wouldn't say it's homesick. It's just more like, oh, I'm in my own bed now. Mm-hmm. And in my, you know what I mean? And yeah. I mean, although you don't regret the travel or anything like that, but there's, there's a feeling home gives you, right? And that right. can be like, maybe you're just happy. Maybe you're just comfortable. So what would be like that word? that you're looking for when you're in your practice, when you get in there, you're like, this is motivation or this is, this is encouragement or this is warmth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would say comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah. Cause I want everything to be comfortable. I want where I sit, where the patient's going to sit, where, you know, my eyes, like the lighting, I want it to feel like not a strain. You know, everything is, spaced out enough to where we're not crammed in there like we're comfortable everything feels comfortable and natural gotcha gotcha okay I like that comfortable you want people to walk in there and comfortable okay and one of the last questions I want to ask you is right now what phase are you currently in in your startup yes so we are wrapping up construction I've hired my team so really just um, ending down our um, training schedule and just getting everybody scheduled, you know, you know, who needs to come speak to us, you know, getting our phones set up, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be using Flex. So, you know, getting that integrated into our system and getting training on how to use that to the best of our ability and just really kind of pinning down what is the structure going to look like? Like when I hire, you know, when I get the team in there, because I don't want to, it's just like a meeting. It's like, you don't want to just say, Hey, we're going to have a meeting. And then you don't have like an agenda. So just being intentional about that. And, um, I love like DSN. I'm a, I'm a member at DSN dental success network with Dr. Mark Costas. And he has so many amazing resources on there. And um, I think you had interviewed Dr. Addison Keeley not too long ago. Um, mm-hmm. But he's been kind enough to like share a lot of his like documents. It's like, you know, what's your universal warning process of like that way you give your, your team guidance. So I'm just trying to get all that together and kind of modify it to make sure it's in tune with what we want in our practice. But yeah, just getting everybody set up and ready to go. Awesome. That's awesome. And then what do you have any questions or concerns for the listeners, the ones who are going to be following your journey or anything like that, that you want to ask them that maybe they can help you out with? Um, I guess about the paint color. Oh, yeah, that's one like minor question. If like 
you feel like it's really important for me to like change the color in the short time or kind of see how I feel after a year or two, see if it still bothers me or if that's overkill. And, um, you know, people who have done a startup or who's done an acquisition, like for training, you know, what, what did that look like for you guys? Like what were some key things to make sure that you convey your team or, you know, or maybe something that you feel like you wish you knew, you know, going into training, like what, you know, what do you feel you could have done differently? Gosh, you gotcha. So what did training look like for, so anybody watching, like go in the show, I mean, anybody watching, anybody listening, go in the show notes below. And then definitely you can either reach out to Ashley if you want and let her know your your responses, questions or anything like that. Or you can join the Making of a Dental Startup Facebook group and then let us know on there. But yeah, awesome. This is going to do it for episode one of the Making of Dawson Modern Dentistry. So Ashley, sign us out. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Like Michael said, I'm sure my contact information will be in the show notes. But make sure you follow us at Dawson Modern Dentistry uh, on Facebook. And you can like and follow our page on Facebook as well. Or Facebook and Instagram. Sorry. <laughs> All righty, guys. We'll talk to you in the next episode. Awesome. Thanks, guys.